0: Barbells versus machines versus everything else. Barbell training is the best way to train for strength, bar none. Nothing else even comes close to the effectiveness of barbell squats, presses, deadlifts, and the Olympic lifts for the development of strength, power, and muscular size. The reason barbells are so very valuable is that they are the most ergonomically friendly load handling tool in existence. They allow very heavy weights to be gripped in the hands quite effectively and moved in vertical lines directly over the balance point, the center of the foot. Their extremely adjustable nature allows small increases in stress to be applied to the whole body over the full range of motion of all the major leverage systems of the body, increases that accumulate into amazing gains in size and strength for many uninterrupted years of progress. You should be using them. First, some background material. The biological basis of all exercise is stress, the recovery from stress, and the subsequent adaptation to the stress. Stress is a physical stimulus that causes a change in the body's current state of equilibrium. Stress can be physical exercise, an unaccustomed lack of physical exercise, an infectious disease, or a very long, very late party. Recovery from that stress is the body's way of preparing itself for a potential future exposure to that same stress. And the process of stress and recovery then results in adaptation. Adaptation to exercise increases strength or endurance. Adaptation to an unaccustomed lack of exercise decreases strength or endurance and muscle mass, bone density, and other physical adaptations that have previously occurred. Adaptation to the party prepares the liver for the next one, and adaptation to infectious disease is known as immunity. Training is the process of creating the desired adaptation for a specific physical task. Strength, which is the ability to produce force against an external resistance in the environment outside the body, is the basis of your interaction with that environment. Since force is expressed whenever you touch anything with your hands and feet, even for endurance activities, increased strength makes repetitive submaximal repetitions even more submaximal. Strength training is specifically designed physical activity that produces an increase in strength as the desired adaptation. A long time ago, gyms were equipped with barbells. And that was pretty much what you went to the gym to use, a steel bar and iron plates that were added to increase the weight. If you used them while standing with both feet on the ground, a natural position for a bipedal creature such as yourself, you'll have to admit, there were a limited number of exercises you could do. You could put the bar on your back or your shoulders. You could squat down, stand back up. You could put it in your hands and press it up over your head. Or you could put it on the floor and pick it up. These simple approaches work very well because they utilize the normal functions of all the joints and muscles in the body. Standing barbell training can be summarized very succinctly. Moving your body's mass and a weighted barbell in a vertical line over your center of balance, the middle of the feet. Keeping the weight close to the body is the normal way to handle any load you work with. You already do this uh, without even thinking about it. For instance, pay attention next time you pick something heavy up off the floor. Box of file paper, big rock. You stood as close to it as you could get before you lifted it because your experience has taught you that the closer the load is to your feet, the easier it is to lift. Chances are that when you've gotten hurt handling a load, it happened when the weight was not close enough to your center of balance, the middle of your foot. The increased use of various types of benches altered the basic nature of barbell training, and this enabled the bench press to replace the standing press as the basic upper body exercise in the gym. Benches allow the center of balance to be moved to your back or your butt. And this is how the press, the bench press, or any seated barbell exercise actually works. But the default position in barbell training should be standing with the load, both feet evenly spaced under the weight. A barbell offers a way to load the body's normal movement patterns with progressively heavier weights, a process that essentially forces the body to get stronger, whether it really wants to or not. After all, if you start with an empty 45-pound barbell laying around on the floor and add just five pounds to it every week, in six months, you're deadlifting 175 pounds. In a year, you're up to 305 and almost nobody starts with only 45 pounds. Hell, your mom is stronger than that from having picked up your ungrateful ass off the floor all those years. One of the most important features of barbell training is that it is possible to fall down while you're standing there with a loaded bar. Learning to move the barbell through the body's normal range of motion without falling down means that you're producing force and balancing all at the same time. The use of your ankles, knees, hips, spine, shoulders, elbows, wrists, and fingers, and all the muscles that move them, all working together under an increasingly heavy load, while you intentionally don't fall down, means that all your joints and all your muscles are operating the way your anatomy is designed to operate getting stronger while balancing on your feet. Barbell training is simple, logical, effective, inexpensive, and most important now, proven to work. It has worked in its current form for decades, for millions and millions of people. It has formed the successful strength training foundation for athletes since the early 20th century. But wait, an alternative to this perfectly logical approach to getting stronger was developed from some ends and pieces that were floating around in gyms owned by guys who could weld. Exercise machines that worked a few isolated muscles at a time were suddenly invented by these guys some time ago, simple versions had been in use for decades, and old photos of leg extension and leg curl machines can be found in magazines from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. But in the middle 1970s, Arthur Jones began marketing his line of Nautilus machines to health clubs, sports teams, high schools, colleges, and universities, and everyone else on the planet. Within a couple of years, He had sold about $300 quadrillion worth of these beautifully welded, beautifully designed electric blue machines, 12 pieces at a time. Nautilus revolutionized the health club industry, establishing the concept of the modern health club, like the one you're probably a member of, with sales offices in the front, you know, a huge room full of shiny machines in the back, and several just above minimum wage employees wandering around in the floor. The Nautilus circuit consisted of 12 different exercises, each performed one after another in a specific order. One set performed to failure, absolute muscular failure. It destroyed you, thrashed you, fried, barbecued, blasted, obliterated, murdered you. The Nautilus circuit humbled even the most arrogant former high school athlete because working a small group of muscles at the edge of its capacity is difficult and extremely uncomfortable, often to the point of making you vomit. However, it did not make anybody stronger on anything besides Nautilus machines where it worked for about six weeks. For someone who has not been training, anything works for about six weeks because for novices to training who are unadapted to any physical work, anything will drive an adaptation and make you stronger for about six weeks. But from a business standpoint, Nautilus was easy to understand, easy to administer, and very easy to coach, because the machines only moved one way. That's why the Nautilus Club model was so successful. It was based on sales, not training or exercise. The club could now hire anybody that looked the part to work the floor in a machine-based club, because it took about 35 minutes to learn how to coach all the exercises. Since there are no variations, there was nothing to learn except how to adjust the seat height and the number of plates pinned into the machine. Then sales staff development could be where you spent your money running the club. From a management perspective, this made perfect sense. The machine-based club model also gave birth to a new approach in the rapidly expanding physical education market at the university level. Since P.E. graduates had to work somewhere, eventually, and health clubs were springing up all over everywhere, the machine-based approach to exercise was quietly embraced by the academic community, too. The growth of an entire body of peer-reviewed journal-published literature has largely been based on the use of exercise machines as the instruments with which we investigate the human body's response to physical stress. So, an interesting situation has been created over the past couple of decades, in that more people than ever in history are actively performing regular exercise, but the overwhelming majority are doing it ineffectively. Machine based exercise does not work very well, and it's important to understand why. Sometimes the obvious is wrong. If it seems counterintuitive that something physically hard enough to make you puke nevertheless lacks the capacity to make you much stronger, reflect for a moment upon the definition of strength. Force produced against an external resistance. Strength is the most general physical adaptation, in that it has a positive effect on all other physical attributes. When one is strong, one's entire body is strong, not just one's quadriceps or biceps or triceps. Machines have never formed the basis of the competitive strength athletes' program because they lack the barbell's capacity for long-term progress. You cannot increase the weight on a leg extension for years like you can a deadlift, because muscles do not normally work in isolation from all the other muscles in the area. They work as a system of motors that operate the levers of the leverage system called the skeleton, the hold skeleton which moves the loads we encounter when we use our bodies every day. Machines use only one or two levers at a time, while the deadlift uses all of them. And all of them working together can move more weight than one or two of them working in isolation. Since the system working as a whole can move heavier loads, it can apply much more stress to the system than can one isolated muscle group at a time. Working an isolated muscle group to failure certainly has the capacity to produce profound physical discomfort. But since its ability to produce force is limited by the mass of the working muscle, so is its capacity to increase strength. Deadlift, squats, presses, Therefore, have the capacity to stress more muscle mass and produce a greater strength adaptation than do isolation exercises on machines. Some machines, as discussed earlier, select a few muscles at a time that operate one or two joints. It's easy to see the problem with these. They don't work enough muscle mass to cause enough overall stress to make anything change. You can work them hard enough to feel like hell while you're on them, But they just don't make you stronger for anything except that exercise because there is more to useful strength than the motion around one joint. I'm very sorry about this, but squats make you strong and leg extensions do not make you strong. Much time and energy has been expended in proving this over and over again. Now, some machines use more muscles and joints, like the hammer strength football market devices currently being marketed all over the world. Some, like the venerable Smith machine found in most modern clubs, may even superficially resemble a barbell. The common feature shared by all exercise machines is the absence of the ability to fall down while you use them. This seemingly minor detail cannot really be overemphasized. Normal human movement, the circumstances under which we use our bodies to interact with our environment every day, is an exceedingly complicated task. It is the result of the cumulative efforts of hundreds of muscles moving hundreds of skeletal components under the control of hundreds of thousands of nerves. You must not only balance your own body over the weight of your, over the middle of your feet as you move through the day, uh, which is an increasingly difficult task for older people in the population that is trending toward becoming frail. But every physical object with which you interact demands the coordinated interplay of your strength and its mass. Furthermore, the normal application of strength in daily tasks, and most especially in sports, involves the capacity for doing so from a position of unbalance. The term field strength has been applied to the great athlete's ability to exert high amounts of force even when the body is in a position of unbalance itself. Strength is increased most effectively while balanced evenly on two feet because that's where the most weight can be lifted. But field athletics and often life itself demand the ability to express that strength from less than optimum positions. And this ability is considered to be a talent some are born with. But whatever the genetic role in field strength, increasing the strength component improves the ability. An even more important consideration for machine exercisers is the constrained artificial movement patterns enforced by the design of the device. The normal way for legs to move is knees and hips flexing and extending in a coordinated fashion. Agonists and antagonists functioning simultaneously, calves, hamstrings, quads, and hip muscles all working together. You know, squats and deadlifts, running and walking. Sitting on a machine with your butt held down in the seat by your hands, with your knees extending all by themselves, or flexing your elbows while your shoulders and upper arms are held motionless. Well, that's just stupid. And it's an excellent recipe for overuse injuries, too, since one moving joint amid several others held artificially motionless Forces tendons and ligaments to do things they are not designed for. Moving Arthur Jones's machine handles through Arthur's idea of the perfect movement for an isolated muscle group falls woefully short of adequate physical preparation for both sports and for life. Now, many people have grasped the problem with machine based exercise, and many have even overreacted, amazingly enough. The latest trend in exercise is known in the industry as functional training. Since it doesn't resemble anything you normally do with your body, it is not functional. And since the exercises cannot be programmed to produce long-term progress, it is not training either. Consisting almost entirely of relatively light exercises, moved with one hand at a time, while solving a complicated balance problem on one leg at a time. This type of exercise has removed progressively higher amounts of force production as even an option and replaced it with not falling down as the primary objective. Any exercise performed on wobble boards, BOSU balls, or any unstable surface, or that is performed on one leg at a time, Any exercise like that cannot be performed with enough weight. That force production against the resistance is the limiting factor. And thus, continuously increasing strength cannot, therefore, be the adaptation to such silly exercises. It is important to learn not to fall down when you squat, press, and deadlift. And everybody learns how the first day. From that point forward, not falling down is a factor that is always present, but it is not the bottleneck. The ability to produce enough force to lift the increasingly heavier barbell while not falling down is the objective. Not falling down is merely a condition you have already mastered. Not a new problem every day sufficiently difficult that it prevents you from getting stronger. Again, strength, the ability to produce force against an external resistance, is the basis of your physical existence. There is only one kind of strength, the kind your contracting muscles produce against your skeletal components as they interact with the ground and with objects you manipulate with your hands. Building strength means that you have increased your ability to produce force, which requires the use of progressively heavier weights. The use of machines is an inefficient way to accomplish this, since the ability to progress is limited by the inherent nature of isolation exercise. The absence of a balance variable limits the ability of the exercise to build functional strength that can be applied in normal human physical circumstances. Conversely, the use of light weights is antithetical to the purpose of increasing strength, and unstable surfaces create conditions which fatally limit the weight that can be used. Getting strong is very important, and barbell training is therefore the best way to do it.